What's up everybody? It's your boy, the Big Oxy Chia. And this is the Big Oxy Chia radio show. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about everything uh, from our guy, uh, Marty from Hillsong. We're going to talk about um, really the theme of today's show is in so many words. What happens when you lose faith? Faith in God, faith in all of the things that he asked for us and we're going to talk about how we can grow in God even after all of the faith that we lost um, and how we get back on that horse um, this is the Big Ops Radio show and uh, I'll be looking out for you What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the Big Oxygia. And thank you for coming back to our show. Um, hope you're enjoying the playlist. I don't get to hear all of the music that gets played right now because I'm using the free package, but that's, that's okay. I'm going to be doing the paid one soon. But anyway, so on today's show, we're talking about Marty Simpson, Samson, excuse me, from Hillsong um, United who has had a lapse of faith. And he said he's genuinely losing faith. And that, you know, according to this tweet, he puts in there, I'm genuinely losing faith and it doesn't bother me. Like, what bothers me is nothing. I am so happy now, so at peace with the world. It's crazy. And he referred to, uh, he said, this is a soapbox moment, so here I go. Now many preachers fall. No one talks about it. How many miracles happen? Not many. No one talks about it. Why is the Bible full of contradictions? No one talks about it. How can God love yet send four billion people to a place all because they don't believe? No one talks about it. Christians can be the most judgmental people on the planet. They can also some also be some of the most beautiful and loving people. But it's not for me. And he says, um, not I just believe. Not the I just believe it kind of truth. He wrote, science keeps piercing uh, the truth every of every religion. Lots of things help people change their lives. Not just one version of God. Got so much more to say. But for me, I'll keep it real. Unfollow if you want. I never been about my life with others. Christianity just seems to me like another religion at this point. Okay. And, you know, the the tweet goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And I don't want to hash too much more into it. Um, this is a sad moment uh, because he's wrote a lot of um, songs. Well, let's be honest with ourselves. He's not the first... Um, Christian 
to lose faith and he's not the first to have a moment of doubt first off let's let's get some things out the way it is not uncommon for a person to question their faith i'm gonna say that again it is not uncommon for a person to lose faith in fact it's, it's quite common we in a church try to not talk about that, but people lose faith all the time. Let's look at the fact that the disciples were with Jesus and they lost faith often. He had to often remind them of who he was and he was sitting right there. There was times where, you know, you read about how the disciples would uh, see him do a miracle and he would say, where was your faith? You know, or he'll say to them, you know, uh, did you lose faith in me so fast? You know, he, he would have to keep reminding them uh, of, you know, those things. And there are times when he would give them things to do. Like one time in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was going to pray right before his own, uh, his own crucifixion, he knew he was about to be betrayed. And he tells Peter to keep watch. But Peter kept falling asleep. Why was Peter falling asleep if it was just so easy just to stay awake? Peter, God understood that, you know, it was a lot that went into it, you know, and, you know, people lose faith all the time. People lose steam all the time. You know, people lose strength a lot. You know, Bible says that the, that men would, you know, grow weary and the young will, 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 you know, basically get tired, you know, and those things will happen, you know. But they that wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. Um, so I don't want to talk too much too fast. I want to just say, you know, that it is not uncommon for people to lose faith. Um, you know, life is full of a lot of things that we can't specifically, you know, have an answer to all the time. You know, why does a person go their whole life and not... You know, and they they ha- all of a sudden have cancer, you know, or, you know, now they're suffering with cancer or, you know, they have this beautiful child and now the child is gone or they had an abortion or, you know, you, they tried to do what was right. They did the right thing. And this thing, you know, they lived their life good. And one fateful day they made a decision and now they're in prison. You know, they, they, they literally decided to defend their family and somehow they're in prison. Um, you know, served your church every day in your community every day. And now some police officer decides to take your life or, you know, some gangbanger decides to take a police officer's life or, you know, just why does, you know, if there is a God, why is there so much evil in the world? These questions are easy easy answers to to ask and you know the one thing that you have to realize is that they're not wrong for asking this question you know they're not they're not wrong for wanting to know why God allows for these things and if these these questions that come to your mind you know you have to ask yourself you know why do we allow these things 
You know, why does God allow these things? Why are Christians so quote unquote judgmental, which we'll talk about that on a different show. But why are people so sometimes Christians can be some of the most mean spirited people and got the nerve to call themselves loving God. Um, I think somebody coined the phrase church hurt. You know, people hurt you that is, you know, in the church, you know, and because of how they treated you, you're not in the building. Personally, I'm, I'm a proprietor of church hurt. I know how that feels. And yeah, everybody comes to a place of shaky ground. Everybody can find themselves there, you know, and even to the thought of why did God even create me? You know, Job, he, he had the question of why, why am I here? Why did God create me? You know, did he create you when he got just a little bit of suffering? And those trial and that trial came up, and he, his family's you know died, his kids died, his, his fortune taken away, his health fading. It's not wrong to want to question your faith. It's not completely a sin to question faith, even though you know some would say it is. But to me, you should question everything. You should never just take anything at its word. You should have a source to which you can derive an answer from even if you know you don't understand everything about it you can still grab a source and say hey I can question this manual to get information you know when I uh, you know when I started into technology there was some tinkering I tried to do on my own but then there came a time where I needed to understand how it worked why it worked why it wouldn't work. Why, when I tried to put my own program together, it just wasn't working. What was I missing? Why was it, why was I, why did I keep failing? You know, and I realized that there was just some things that no matter how good at, you know, self-learning I was, I needed that extra, that I needed that extra person, that extra information to get me to where I needed to go. Ladies and gentlemen, I made the the announcement to you that the word of God is true and that the Bible is real and everything it says is real. And even though like you can ask a question about some errors, there is no contradiction in the Bible. There's a lot of people who have done wrong Absolutely. The Bible's full of people who have done wrong and God still forgave them. God still loved them. God still kept his promise. God never said that it was going to be easy. And as long as we're down here, it's not supposed to be. And I'm going to get into that after our next, in our next segment, that life is not supposed to be easy. And I hope you guys will stay and listen. going
Welcome back to the Big Gosuchia radio show. I'm your host, Big Gosuchia, and this episode we're talking about generally losing your faith. And Marty Sampson, who is on shaky ground with his faith, and we don't want to. Uh, first off, let's make sure we're not dragging him. Uh, that's not the purpose of this podcast is to drag people, but it is to bring light and understanding to uh, those who may not know and who may want to know and to make it easy for you to know. So let's live in truth. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about was the part where he says that um, Petrus fell and no one talks about it. And when he says, how many miracles happen? Not many. Um, No one talks about that either. And the Bible's full of contradictions. No one talks about that. Um, How can God be love yet? Four billion people. He says, four four billion people that being us to this place. Oh, well, to hell. I'm thinking that's what he's saying. Um, Because they don't believe. And no one is a Christian no one talks about it first off let's let's unpack this a little bit um, he says uh, preachers fail preachers how many preachers fall and nobody talks about it um, first off let's let's take into consideration what he's saying here um, I'm thinking my, my guess is that he's saying that a lot of preachers you know, um, sin, um, and, uh, do wrong. I'm guessing. And I'm not sure on what, where he's coming from, from falling because everybody falls daily. So no one is without sin. Um, in fact, Jesus was very clear that if you were without sin, cast the first stone. James says, you know, uh, if you say you have no sin, you, you're a liar and the truth is not in you, you know, uh, we may, and we make God a lie. So we so I'm not sure what he means by preachers fall. Um, I, w- I would love to hear his idea on what he means by fall. Uh, if he's talking about cheating on his wife. Well, there's a lot of preachers who could be preachers or not preachers because they went and did something uh, crazy like uh, cheat on their wives and the, the pulpit committees vote them out they, they commit murder and they go to jail they come to find out there was molestation involved they go to jail uh, there was that one preacher I believe his name was um, I can't remember his name right now but he had did a whole bunch of molestation of like two boys at least that, that's what the two boys said and uh, come to find out you know he was sending them some type of picture and it was a big, it was a big to do, and he, Eddie Long, that's his name, and he got put into uh, a situation, you know, where he lost, almost lost his church, and he went through a whole lot more, and then ultimately he passed. And I'm sure the stress of that didn't help. Um, so we don't know. Um, there are a lot of churches who have pulpit committees. There's a lot of, uh, I can't speak for the Catholic Church. I don't know how things go for that, but in the Baptist church, you have pulpit committees and church committees that 
If you don't do what you're supposed to do, they will vote you out. You know, if you are caught in scandal, you could lose your church. And the stakes are very high for a lot of pastors. A lot of pressure put on the pastors. A lot of times there is so much pressure put on the pastor to live and eat that they don't even take care of themselves sometimes. So I'm not too sure on what he means by fall, but uh, I would love to hear um, how that goes. How many miracles happen? Not many. Okay, let's start here. God heals us and sustains us. Be you righteous or unrighteous. The same rain that falls on the just falls on the unjust. Okay, the same working. The Holy Spirit is always here. Okay, so it doesn't, and it has, in a sense, no respecter of a person because we all benefit in one way, shape, form, or fashion from the Holy Spirit. Be you saved or unsaved. Okay, so let's start there. But let's make this a little bit more personable. I don't need the Bible to really do this. You are a walking miracle. You are a walking miracle. And I don't know if you know how much of a walking miracle you are. Every day, your body has enzymes that it comes across. Comes across thousands and thousands of bacteria a day. Some that you know of, some that you don't. You don't know. God protects you not just from seen danger, but he protects you from unseen dangers. That means things that you don't even know are a danger to you. You know, you don't even know that that piece of chicken should have killed you. You know, you don't even know that, you know, you should have choked on that, you know, piece of of steak that may have had an extra piece of bone in it that you didn't know about, but somehow you still digested it. You know, you could have been like you walked down the street and, you know, God didn't let a car hit you. In fact, he stalled a car today that was supposed to hit you. You know, he, he you, you were late for work and maybe even got written up. But, you know, you didn't know that right behind you was a, a, a 10 pound car wreck that a whole bunch of people died from. You know, like you just don't know the things that God has saved you from, how many miracles he has done in your life. And then you take a look at the things that you have now that may come up and you go, where is God in this? But you didn't realize that there were so many things that God protects us from on a daily basis, you know? And like, you have to keep that in mind when you think about God, you have to keep in mind the things that he does for us. Because he does so much. You know, not only does he sustain us, but okay, yeah, you go through this moment where you have nothing. Okay, but what about the many years you did? And while you were in this moment where you really didn't have much, what good did, did come from there? How many good people did you meet? How many people were helped by you? How many people did help you, you know, when you couldn't help yourself. How many, you know, meals did you get during that time? Who stood in the way to make sure that everything was okay? You know, how many times did mom, you know, work things out for you or dad come through with a couple of dollars or maybe you don't have any parents. Maybe somebody at the church came through with a couple of dollars or maybe somebody at work, 
bought you something to eat or, you know, somehow, some way, a hundred dollars just land without you ever having to work for it, land in your, your, your body and helped you. You know, how, how many times, how many times we don't know? We don't know. We can't count them. Because we don't always count the good that we do in this earth. You know, I, I look at like when you do, you go on Yelp. Yelp has good reviews, don't get me wrong. But there are just as many bad. Some people will never leave a rating until something is wrong. Some people will never say anything about anything until something is wrong. So, I would go on the limb of saying that there are some people on this earth that will see something wrong and immediately give some type of review. They can't be happy. They can't be satisfied. Nothing is ever good or good enough. So, how many miracles does God perform on a day? He's constantly performing miracles. You're a walking miracle. The fact that you can breathe sometimes is a walking miracle. How many times have you been delivered from disease that you didn't even know you had? How many times did you go to the doctor worried about a test and kind of find out there was nothing but there should have been? How many times did you go and fornicate with somebody, should have made a baby but didn't? How many times did you fornicate with a guy when you should have got a disease you didn't get one? You know, come to find out that man has AIDS, but somehow you don't. Has syphilis. Sometimes, somehow you don't. All these other people got a whole bunch of stuff going on, but somehow you don't. You're a walking miracle. You are the miracle. Hmm. We already talked about contradictions in the Bible, so I won't go over that again. How does... God love, yet for he sends four billion people to a place all because they don't believe. It's a good question. But let's be real. Why would God give you him and you don't want him? Let's take this to a practical, again, a practical level. We don't need the Bible for this. This doesn't require a scripture. Like, who gets into a relationship with somebody and then get mad because that person don't want to be with them? Like, how many times have you gone on a date with somebody, realized that this is not somebody you want to be with, and then, you know, you take them home later and still be with them? How long does that relationship work? It doesn't. That relationship is not going to work long. It ain't going to last long. A lot of these single mothers and single fathers are out here because they got with somebody that they really didn't know who they were. And honestly, they did it in lust. And they and they and now they got to try to deal with this person. But really, it was a one-night stand. They had no desire to be in a relationship with them. But now they got them for the next lifetime. You know? Think about that. Think about that. There are people who don't want to be together that have to be together for the rest of their life. Now, think about that from a respective manner of if you don't want to be with me, then you don't. 
This is what happens when you don't want to be with me. Okay. Now here's the part of that. Okay. Look at it like this. A girl doesn't want to be with a man. Okay. She doesn't have to be. Well, come to find out now that dude goes out and he, you know, come to find out as an NFL player, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, real good, faithful husband. She's looking for a husband. She's like, why can't I find a good husband? Well, you turned down a good husband. You, you chose to not be with him. You had a chance for a good husband. You didn't want it. You know, you chose what you wanted. There are men out here that be like, man, I don't want to date that girl because she look a certain type of way. She fat. You know, she got, you know, she she ain't she ain't pretty. She ain't got herself together. She look all sweaty. She smell bad. Da, 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 which is okay. That's that's perfectly fine. You should never be with, to me. You should never be with somebody whose hygiene is terrible. That's just my personal opinion. That's my standard. I don't I don't like people with bad hygiene. But at the same time, you know, okay, you met this girl. She's maybe let's say 20 pounds overweight and or your weight standard and she has pretty eyes pretty smile you know she she goes to church every sunday takes care of her business yeah she has a kid out of wear a lot but she's real cool real real well spoken real well well received person you know just what you would want from a from a woman, you know? She has everything you would want in a woman, but come to find out she has five kids. Wow, that's a heck of a jump of kids. Now, again, you don't have to be with that person if that's not someone you feel you should be with. But now come to find out, even though she has five children from a previous marriage, she also has like two daycares that she runs on the side. She has a job that she's working on on a constant basis. She's she's very, very responsible. She's a perfect stewardship of money. But you didn't know because all you thought about was man, I can't be with this person because they don't have, that she has five children. Well, that's fine. But if you're sitting there going, well, man, now I wish I could have done one, two, three things. I wish I could have been better. But now you can't get mad because you're like, well, I didn't know. I didn't know she was this good of a woman. I didn't know she had herself together. I didn't know she didn't need my help with this. I didn't know these things because I never took the time to get to know the person to find out and make a valid decision. I'm making the point of this to say, you have every right to choose God. You have every right not to choose God, but then you can't get mad that God doesn't choose you either. Cause you've already made the choice. You already put into place the truth. You've already said that this is what I am. This is what I'll be. No matter what. No matter what. And you said, I don't want to be with God. I don't love God. I would never love God. And I don't want God to love me. You've said all of these things. And if you 
really meant it in your whole heart, why would God allow you to be around him? Now, here's the next part of that. God is light and in him is no darkness. There's nothing in him that is dark. Everything that you see right now is only at the benefit of him. He is sustaining this world. He is putting it together. He is holding it together. His spirit helps hold this place together. And one day his spirit won't tarry with us anymore. And he's not going to, he's not going to come looking and he's going to look for repentance. And that's it. Have you turned or have any of you? Do you want a relationship with me or don't you? That's what he's going to ask. And when he asked that question, and I'm not preaching here, I'm just being real. When he asked that question, he's asking it now because he's letting you know that you have every right to choose me and you have every right not to choose me. But understand that when you do not choose me, it's a personal choice. And if you've made this choice, this right of choice that you have, where you also have to know that anything that's apart from God is apart from the light. And if you're apart from the light, you're apart from what is good, which means that if you're away from what is good, well, guess what? You're only left with darkness. You're only left with loneliness. You're only left with despair. There's no balance to you. There's nothing left but the dark side of life. And there's nothing that anyone can do to help you because you've already made this choice in your heart. So if you choose not to be with God and 4 billion people choose not to be with God or choose to go with anything but God, choose to worship anything but God or don't even want to believe in his existence. Well, then, you know, back to the story of Mother Hen, what would you do? You know what I'm saying? All you can do is just say, well, I, I, I can't reap anything from nothing. If those who don't want to believe in God say that there is no God and they have no, no doubt in it and they doubt his even existence. Okay, well, they, they're not coming anyway. They don't feel bad about it anyway. They're not hurt. And I've heard skeptics even say, you know, as if there's no God and I, I didn't lose anything. If there is a God, I didn't lose anything because I don't want to be with him anyway. So if, they, if they're denouncing him and they don't in, in any idea of him, well, then they've made a choice. So who's to blame? We both know that kids aren't going to go to hell. Babies don't go to hell. So who's to blame? I think that everybody has to make that decision for themselves. And I don't think it's fair that you hold God accountable for the decisions that they choose to make. Life will go on. And it only t- and only narcissistic people believe that somebody has to be with them, even though they say they don't want to be with them. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to be with no woman who say that she don't want to be with me. You shouldn't be with a man who says he doesn't want to be with you. This is not family matters. Steve Urkel is the only one that does that. And I think that that's just like unfair for someone to, to think is uh, appropriate for God to do. And that's all I got to say in this segment. Um, I, I, I'm going to 
uh, put some more music back on and uh, we're going to go into our next segment of, you know, of dissecting this thing and um, science keeps piercing the heart of religion. Um, first off, before I do, let me just remind you that anything that is in Christ is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. So hopefully as we go forward and we move forward in this discussion, uh, somebody will be helped by this and we can get people back on track. This is the Big Ox Radio Channel, and I hope to hear from you soon. Keep it up. That should be the blood still works. It will never lose its power. The blood still works. Isn't that a beautiful thing to hear? That even when things go bad, you know, what Christ did on Calvary still worked. And you don't have to wonder. You have to think about it. You can always understand that even when things go bad, God is still there. He never leaves nor he forsakes. Okay? So, that's that. We're talking about losing faith today, people. And I thank you for tuning in to the Big Ox uh, radio show, Big Ox Uchiha. And I am the host, Big Oz Uchiha. Um, and I'm very glad that you're here. Um, we're going to wrap this up now. And we're going to get to the end of our segment here, the last segment of the night, um, which I want to tell, talk to you about losing that faith and how we can get back on the horse. Um, here's the thing. As I said earlier, everybody has a lapse in faith. Even the disciples. No one's perfect. But the thing is, is that you stay motivated by, one, getting with like-minded people. Um, getting things in front of yourself. Like, um, there's a great um, preacher by the name of Frank Torrey. Uh, he has a great uh, book called, um, it's called, I'm, I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist which is a good book. There's Wretched Radio that you can watch also online. Wretched, that's W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D. Wretched Radio. And uh, you will look them up on YouTube. You can look up their Facebook page on your own. And um, those things are great tools. Another one to look at is the Track Stars. Um, They are a great resource for um, black Christianity and um, I say black Christianity because um, the fight in the black community is a much bigger fight because this was a some believe that this religion was given to us by uh, slave masters and we shouldn't even be worshiping this religion because it belongs to those who don't belong you know when we can actually look and see that this religion of ours is much more bigger than that Christ spent time in Ethiopia. He was an African citizen. He came out of Egypt. Uh, the prophecy said that he would come out of Egypt. From out of Egypt, I will call my son. He spent the first six years of his life in Egypt. Uh, if anybody's an Egyptian citizen, it would be Christ. Um, you know, then he, of course, as he got older, he uh, they went back into um, Israel, and from there he lived out the rest of his life. But let's not act as if, like, um, 
Christ just spent all of his life there. Um, it's, it's a lot of beautiful information about Ethiopia and little in places in Africa who have spoken about Christ and gave a testimony. Mm, excuse me, it's getting late to the end of the night, so I'm getting tired. <laughs> but to make sure that we uh, wrap this up, I wanted to tell you that, you know, even when you lose your faith, you know, even when you lose faith, you are not plucked out of God's hands. You know, we all have moments in our lives where we lose faith. And it's not that uncommon. So what I want you to do now is search your heart and ask yourself these questions. Do I believe in the Lord? Have I ever believed in the Lord? You know, and it's okay to ask those questions. You should. The Bible says you should examine yourself before taking the Lord's Supper to see if you're worthy, you know. And none of us are technically worthy to take the Supper, but if you haven't established a relationship with Christ, you're taking it in vain. All you're doing is a religious act. I would tell anybody, don't go to church if you're just going to church. You know, if that's all you're doing is just going to church. I would tell anybody, don't go to church to just go to church. Go there to finish you know, a relationship with Christ to, to, to bring forth that relationship, not with your pastor, not with the choir, not with the deacon board, with God. If it's not getting you closer to God, I would tell anybody, I don't care what church you're at, I don't care how long you've been there. If it does not get you closer to Christ, I would tell you to leave. I don't care how somebody may feel about it. If it hasn't gotten you, made you feel better about your relationship with Christ, don't be there. If all it does is convict you but doesn't strengthen you, don't be there. And I say that with much love. And I'll end it like this. God loves you. And he cares about you. And all that you have gone through, he already knows. He's lost a child before. He's lost many children along the way. And all he wants to do is have a relationship with you. This world is not our home. I'm going to tell you something that maybe, and I'm going to sit up for this because I know this is a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. This life is not supposed to be easy. This life is supposed to be hard. When you're in jail, when you're in jail, jail is not supposed to be a fun place for someone to be. They're not supposed to be living their lives based upon what someone else done. You know, you're supposed to live, if you go and commit a crime, if you go and do something wrong, you are ultimately guilty. And it doesn't matter what good deeds you do. It doesn't matter how good you think you're acting. It doesn't matter how many times you give to the poor. It doesn't matter about any of those things. Here's something. Here's something interesting for you to think about. An interesting conversation for you to think about. When you commit a crime, 
and so and, and you didn't commit the crime, or let's say in this case you're innocent. You had nothing to do with the original crime that was committed, but for some reason your name is attached to it. Judge doesn't go and say, "Hey, how many times did you give to the poor? How many times did you give to the needy? How many times did you give, you know, your left foot? Did you did you feed the sick? You know, did you feed the hungry? Did you uh, heal the sick? Did you do all the things you could do to make things better for them?" He's not going to ask those questions. The judge is going to say, you're either guilty or you're not. That's the judge's job is not to be fair. Then you'll spend the rest of your life in prison. It is not God's job to make you accept him. But when we come into this life, we are given a sentence for a crime that none of us committed. And the only lawyer that can get us out of it is Christ. No one else. Say all day is someone else. Nope. Christ is the only thing and the only person who can get us out of our sin issue. The rest of eternity is based upon whether we believe he is who he says he is or not. That's what the rest of eternity is based on. It's not based on feelings. It's not based on emotion. It's based on how you believe. Belief does not require emotion. You either believe it or you don't. Whether I feel good today or not, I still believe. Whether things are going my way or not, I still believe. Whether the trust is there or not, I still believe. And here's another big one for you. There was a man who, I think it was about five years ago, was a part of one of the uh, Holocaust. Um, he was one of the persecutors of the, of the Jews. He was 83 years old. And he had lived out his life in America as a teacher. And come to find out he had been living in, in America. And... He thought that he had escaped judgment. He thought that doing all of these good things could possibly make him fine. You know, it did not free him of his crime. It did not make it any better. It didn't make him a better person. All it did was make him feel good in his heart. How many black kids did he teach? How many Jewish kids did he teach? How many Hispanic kids did he teach? All that didn't look like him. He could have had a complete, you know, 180 and changed up his life. But that man spends out the rest of his life in prison because of the fact that he did something and he was a terrorist to somebody. My brothers and sisters, I'm just saying this to you out of love and out of respect to you. No matter how good you think you are, it does not negate the error that sin has been put on us. You know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
For he sent not a son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. And anyone who is not saved, the only reason why they're not saved is because they never believed in the first place. On top of that, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you are saved. There's nothing that can pluck you out of the hands of the Lord, not even yourself. So you can say all day, I don't believe. You can say all day that you hope God doesn't touch you and just cast you away. Short from destroying some kids, there's not much that can pluck you out of the hands of God. Then the, you got to ask question whether you were ever saved to begin with. That question could easily be asked. And anyone that asks that question, believe it or not, are right to ask that question. But let me say this and I'll go. Judgment is going to happen on both sides. We make judgment calls every day. We discern right and wrong. We make good decisions based upon the events that we know. We all have to judge. Either to say something is good or to say something is bad. To say something is righteous or to say something is not right. It is okay to make a judgment. What it is not okay to do is completely denounce a person and don't give them a chance to come back and do what's right. I'm your boy. This is the Big Asuchia Radio Show. I hope to speak to you again sometime. Please leave a comment. Please leave a voicemail. Please write to us. Tell us what you think. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you think about this situation. Have you ever had a moment where you lost your faith? What did you do? How did you handle that? This is your boy, the Big Asuchia Radio. Have a great day and keep going.